Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God, our Father, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you pray with me for a moment? Dear Heavenly Father, I pray that you'd remove distractions from our hearts and our minds, that you'd be present in your word, be present in our homes by your spirit, amongst the families that are there, uh, worshiping you. And we pray, Lord, that you hold on to us in your grace and mercy you have for us and the forgiveness of sins that you set us in in Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. Have you ever been in the middle of an impossible situation? And something where it just, there seems no way out of it. Like being stuck at home and needing to go get groceries. Or going to the grocery store and finding out that there are no groceries. Um, maybe the time's coming where you're looking at uh, paychecks that might be ending. A time in which there is going to be a lack of supply a lack of income these situations seem impossible uh, there was a moment in time of my life i had a 71 volkswagen bus and uh that's not the end of the joke for impossibility but going onto any freeway on-ramp or going up any hill or having any friend call and say hey can you help me get our youth group down to disneyland with nine people in a van powered by a lawnmower engine pretty much you know there are things that seem somewhat impossible now ezekiel in a valley of dry bones sees some impossibility but see as i, I read these very familiar verses in preparation for today it started to make me think where was ezekiel at what what had got on before chapter 37 i mean we're almost at the end of the book here well, see, Ezekiel was on track to be a priest in the temple. And on that track, he, he was about 25 years old or so, and Israel got taken over. People got taken out of Jerusalem by Babylon. And so Ezekiel, one of the guys on track to be a priest there at the temple, he had about five years to go before he would have been installed as a priest, ends up in the middle of a foreign city in a foreign place, separated from the house of God, separated from the place in which God had promised to be, where God's presence was, cut off, out there in a foreign land. Others that are dwindling in hope, wondering if they'll ever get back to their home, wondering if they'll ever get back to their families, wondering if they'll ever be able to gather together again at the house of the Lord. Few years go by ends up being ezekiel's pretty much 30th birthday sitting down by a river in babylon and there's a, a vision thunder clouds roll out and this vision of a chariot comes forward a chariot with amazing creatures on the ends of it and a throne sitting upon the top of it that looks like the Ark of the Covenant and the presence of this guy that looks like a figure of a man yet glowing and shining and he starts talking to Ezekiel. See, this was the year that Ezekiel was supposed to be made a priest at the temple and yet here comes God in the middle of Babylon to call Ezekiel out as a prophet. And he says, you, son of man, you're going to be a prophet amongst these people, but I'm going to call you into some pretty amazing things. See, first off, you're going to have to speak a word that no one's going to want to hear. 
The hardness of the heart has put them in a place where they're not going to want to hear what you have to say to them because the words you have to say to them are going to be words of judgment first. And then he puts Ezekiel into some pretty amazing things. He makes him lie down on his side for over a year, cook food in a very unclean way. You're just going to have to read it and find out. And then he puts him into these places where it seems like Ezekiel's nearly insane in front of the people. Yet he continues to preach God's word to the people. And then as the years go on and as the time goes on, and if you were to look at chapter 36, right before our text today, you hear amazing words of promise, words of hope, words that are there as God says so that his name would be kept holy, so that his will that would be done is done. So the people would see who God is. I would imagine in the times now, as the weeks continue on, as we remain in our homes and distant from friends and family, that we want to hear some hope. We're starting to wonder, are we going to be able to gather together again? Are we going to be able to get out of this impossible situation against something that we can't even see? We can't see where a virus is at. We don't know exactly where it's sitting, where and when Do we get to get back together? And so Ezekiel hears those words of promise. He gets caught up by the Spirit of the Lord, and the Lord sets him down in the middle of a valley of dry bones. Now think about that for a second. For a guy that was supposed to be a priest, a guy that had never eaten anything unclean until Babylon, for a guy that was supposed to be a holy one in the temple set apart for the service of God, to be standing in the middle of a midst of a field strewn with bones that no one even cared to bury, that no one even cared to put into their proper places, that no one even cared to take care of. Very many bones that were very dry. They had been there a very long time. And then God asks them a question. Hey, son of man, can these bones live? (laughs) What? What kind of question is that? Can these bones live? And we immediately want to jump to our reason and say, well, no. Or maybe a blind faith on the other side and say, of course, God, yes, these bones can live. But in Ezekiel's humility and in his understanding of who God is, he just simply stands back and says, I have no clue. You know, God. You're the one that knows. I can't answer that question, but you know, O Lord. The Lord knows his timing. The Lord knows his ability when it goes beyond anything that we can fathom or imagine. And so, the Lord looks at Ezekiel and he says, All right, preacher, prophesy to these bones. Tell them what's going to happen. And here's the words, right? I'm going to put breath in them. I'm going to lay sinews on them, wrap them in flesh, make them stand once again and bring life into the midst of this valley of death. Because in the midst of this place where everything is broken apart, I'm going to show who I am so that you would know I am Lord. Life in the midst of death. Breath in the midst of dry bones. And it happened. And as all of that was brought back together, these people of Israel who God names, and he says, these are all the people of Israel. The first words out of their mouths 
Our bones are dry within us. We're cut off from everything that we need to be connected to. We're cut off from you, God. You see, back when Ezekiel was sitting by that river and God showed up, there was another thing that he said. He said, things have fallen apart so badly at the temple that I had to leave. God left his house at the temple to be in exile with his people in Babylon. God's presence left the house of the Lord to be where his people were, to be where the people of God were present. God went into exile with his people. He didn't leave them. He went with them. And it was a few years later that the temple got destroyed, done, flattened. But see, it's not about the house. It's about God's presence. It's about where he is with his people. And in the middle of that valley of dry bones, he stood there with one of his people, with Ezekiel. And then in this vision, it was all the people of Israel that had been cut off and they were despairing. They were dry. They had nothing in them. And he gave Ezekiel one more word, right? Breathe into these guys. Prophesy to the winds that my breath would come into them. Prophesy to the four winds. And when you look at that word, it's winds, it's breath, it's spirit. Prophesy so that my spirit would enter into them and life would be brought into them. Though they may be speaking, they were spiritually dead. And God breathed into them to bring them life. You have had the breath of God breathed into your life in your baptism. You stood at one point spiritually dead, separated and cut off from God. But in those waters of baptism, God's words and promises wrapped around that water poured over you to put a soft heart in you to hear his words, to hear his words of forgiveness in Jesus, to hear his words of everlasting life promised to you an impossible situation of a dead sinner walking before god yet he has made you alive he has brought you life he breathes into you and he continues to breathe into you whether we are gathered together or whether we are separate he is present with you where you are breathing life into you every single day Forgiving your sins every single day. Where our worry is and where our anxiety is and where we look away from God, he takes our head and points it right back at him and says, no matter what suffering comes, no matter what goes on, no matter anything that comes about right now, I am with you. And I will continue to be with you. And I will continue to point your eyes to me so that you would have my breath within you when you feel dry I continue to bring you life. It's at the tomb that Jesus walked up to and Mary said, there's no way we should, or Martha was the one that was there, walking along and as they walked up to the tomb and he said, open it up. And she said, look, Lord, I believe in the resurrection. I know he's going to rise again one day, uh, but he's dead. And it stinks. There's no reason we need to open that tomb. There's no reason we need to let the death that's in that tomb out into where we are living right now because we don't want to experience that. That is not something that would be good. And he says, open the tomb. And then he prays. Father, 
I know you always hear me, but I'm speaking out loud right now so that they would know that you hear me, so that they would know you are Lord. And then with the simple words, right? That breath that was at creation speaks into the tomb and he breathes into that tomb and he says, Lazarus, come here, my friend. Lazarus walks out. Walks out, dead, dry bones that were stinking, now walking around with the breath of life in them once again. And we look forward. We look forward to that resurrection where Christ will speak once again and all those that were in the tombs as the ones that came out of the graves when he went into the grave, when that minor resurrection happened at that point, when Christ comes back, all the graves will open and all the people will walk again and he will breathe life into his children. So come out, come with me. For I am your God, and I am the Lord, and I have power over death, and I will speak life into you so that you are no longer dry bones, but you are walking and living together. The whole church gathered at the feast of the Lamb, gathered together with their Lord, gathered together in eternal life. We look forward to the day that we get to be together in worship. And then we look forward again to the time where we get to be in worship with our Lord as he walks amongst his creation once again. And we'll get there in his timing and by his grace. Amen. We pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the breath and the life that you breathe into us daily where we are separated from you from our sins, yet you forgive them and all that Christ has done for us as he breathed once again walking out of the tomb. He took those sins and buried them so that we, what we rest in is the life that you give us. And we pray that you would hold on to us in that life, that we would trust in those promises. Give us your spirit daily, Father. We need it so that we do not dry up within us and harden, have hardened hearts, but that our hearts would remain soft by your grace to hear your word and to know that you are our good Father, our heavenly Father that cares for your children. In Jesus' name, we praise and thank you. Amen.